I'm Rick Enlow, and you're listening to a Leadership Foundation podcast. I'm here with Dave Hillis, and this is a feature-length podcast on this entire bridge span episode, kind of a process, your journey. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you haven't listened to the Whispercast, you might ask yourself, uh, uh, why not? And then pause this one and go back, because we did explain what bridge span means and you know what uh, kind of set up what would happen. But let's just give everybody just a, a quick overview in case uh, they forgot it was a, uh, it's a group. Yeah, Bridgespan is uh, a group uh, that originally started out of the Bain Company. Um, yeah, they, uh, the Bain Company was a very successful uh, for-profit company that was making goo gobs of money. They, on top of that though, and somewhat rare in the world, had a social conscience and hmm. they thought, you know, if, uh, if it's making us all this money, what would happen if we took these same ideas, these same principles, and applied it to the nonprofit world? And so in 2001 or so, uh, they formed the Bridgespan Group, which uh, exists as a consulting group for nonprofits to help them with the outcomes of their social impact. And we, uh, we had the very good fortune of uh, being able to um, hire them Mm-hmm. They uh, they they don't lack for work, and so even to get on their um, schedule was a was a pretty major move. Um, but uh, we were able to do that, and uh, just finished a a six month process that began in March of 2015 and was concluded at the end of August uh, at our board meeting, where uh, an 83 PowerPoint slide presentation was made of how LF um, should move in the future, uh, answering the central question of how do we uh, bring about greater impact uh, for the LF network. Hmm. Yeah, well, on behalf of them, which I've never met them and they don't know who I am, but mm-hmm. I think they must have enjoyed the process as well, though, because you can imagine it was a, a tremendous journey for them to go on to, to realize you know, the work of LF and then to, uh, to help kind of see it in a different way. And we had talked about that earlier that um, LF has always been uh, kind of paradigm breaking, paradigm shifting mm-hmm. uh, organization because to see the city as a playground and not a battleground is already a whole different way to look at things. But then these folks are, uh, uh, you know, in the, you know, like their, their expertise is in helping you look very clearly at, you know, what, is it that makes that happen? And, and does this match, you know, what you say match what you're doing? Yeah, I, Rick, that's, that's perfect. I mean, a couple of things about Bridgespan. They, um, one of the early conversations we had um, is that they're not a, a, a overtly uh, faith group. Right. Um, they, they just simply consult nonprofits um, and, uh, you know, kind of end of story. So I had a, an interesting conversation with a couple of their of their principals early on, um, and I said, "Well, you know, just in the spirit of candor and transparency, I want you to know that you know Leadership Foundations is motivated and shaped uh, by a, a faith orientation." And they said, "You know, ab- absolutely, we believe that. In fact, part of our attraction is that in all of our work with nonprofits around the world in some really tough places." They say what the data shows us is time and time again, uh, solutions are largely a result of people motivated by faith. Hmm. And because they're such good social scientists and they're willing to allow the data to speak, they say we 
yeah, we want to you know, take a look at you all. And, but then they immediately said, now having said that, if your data um, doesn't support what your conclusions are, we're going to be um, you know, a, a little bit of a, uh, a nightmare for you. And so that started what um, I remember going home and I think telling our staff, I just said, you know, we, we better be prepared for this because uh, this is a group that uh, is going to look at us very closely, uh, ask all kinds of excruciatingly hard questions. And I think going back to your point, Rick, say, okay, we love the idea of city as playground. Um, now, what does the swing set, uh, the slide, the sandbox actually look like? Uh, where should it be set up so that people can actually begin to enjoy their city as a playground? Well, you know, it's interesting because you'd commented earlier that uh, sometimes in what we call faith-based organizations, uh, we decide like the facts aren't our friends. You know, we'll just have faith. <laughs> we don't want to deal with the facts, and we can just—we're just going to believe for you know for something to happen. And I think that uh, that that is an error. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I, you know, the old adage of, you know, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. I mean, I, um, you know, we say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but that, that largely um, at times is the, the economy of many nonprofits. And, you know, it, uh, I get it. I, you know, there's, there is a place for aspiration and, you know, great hope. But, I, you know, and one of the theological ideas, I think, that sits behind this for me that we talked a little bit, Rick, about on the Whispercast is really the the shape of faith itself mm -hmm. um, and and I often have argued that when Jesus um, walks through the Gospels um, and clearly you know here is faith itself incarnate it's interesting that almost the very first thing he makes comment of though is the way things are before he moves uh, to the way things um, ought to be yeah and I think that that shift um, is actually uh, critical for nonprofits and particularly for leadership foundations and really what Bridgespan I think um, accented for us is let's look at what you know things are mm -hmm. you know currently and then and only then after the data's come in we can begin to build out what it ought to look like moving forward and I think it's uh, to me totally legit that once you figure out, uh, what we're clearly up to here, then faith, you know, and then start to believe exactly. that, that this very thing is going to be, is going to have a huge impact. So I think that's the difference, you know, and exactly. I think, you know, what we're saying is that those of us that are uh, professional religious people, <laughs> uh, you know, we can sometimes hide behind that. But I think these folks, I, I think it's uh, interesting because in any kind of um, rigorous endeavor, it's the question, isn't it? Absolutely. It's the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think we might have mentioned this, but I, one of my favorite poets, you know, E. E. Cummings, says you know, this. One of his lines of poetry says, "The beautiful answer is always preceded by a more beautiful question." Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that is an exquisite uh, line of poetry, and, and completely true. You know, in the Gospels. I mean, I, I oftentimes have said that. You know, we all will run to the idea that Jesus is the answer. I mean, there's even churches with billboards that say Jesus is the answer. Uh, and it's a, an exquisitely beautiful answer. But much more breathtaking uh, is the triune God uh, sitting in heaven and saying, how do I love this world? Uh, mm, yeah. What is the best way to love Rick Enloe? 
that question uh, it just it's it's overwhelming and that's exactly what you said is is what Bridgespan did is they they asked these just these elegant questions mm -hmm. that just you found yourself going oh my gosh I've never thought about that or yeah so well that's the thing is that I was reading recently on the Socratic method you know of, you know questioning to draw out versus just tell you what's up and uh, and this one writer he's writing on the history of morality and he was talking about uh, Socrates uh, never writing anything down, mm -hmm. like no record. And, and in fact, when people would say, um, you know, what, what is it that you know? He'd say, I don't know that much. It's like, you know, <laughs> but then when somebody would ask, a, you know, they'd ask him a question, he would always ask a question in return. And his famous question, you know, when they said, uh, you know, what is piety? You know, and he said, what do you think piety is? And they said, well, piety is when God loves you. And then he said, or is knowing that God loves you piety? You know, and he just like kept asking questions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thankfully, Plato wrote a, a lot of it down. So we, we understand what the guy said. But but yeah. it was just this incredible ability to draw out of people, you know, what maybe they didn't even know they were thinking or, yeah. or different ways to express what they're thinking for, with a great question. So uh, I think the Bridgepan group is is, you know, their expertise is in is is in. Uh, you know, putting together the questions that draw that out. Yep. And, and here's the other thing that was, was really interesting for me. Um, and I, I've told the Bridgespan group just upon, you know, uh, reflection, I said, you all provided a profound uh, spiritual experience for me over these six months. And they kind of laughed. I mean, they said, well, Dave, that's, that is not what we do. And I said, no, the way you did this process and one of, one of the ideas was that they would constantly sit with us as they did surveys of you know, our local leadership foundation presidents and board of directors and staff. And the, the accent, Rick, was always placed toward how does this data help make things simpler? And you know, I think about how many times um, I've sat in theological conversations where it appears just the opposite is mm -hmm. what the theologian's after, <laughs> right? I'm going to make this so complex that y y you won't have a chance. And, you know, it, again, it drew me back to the scripture, you know, back to Jesus and how, it, the, the, again, the ark is always trying to say so that a little child could understand right. this. And so um, the gift in many ways of these 83 slides from Bridgespan and its report is that it took leadership foundations and all of our dizzying array of urban complexity and you know knowing that every city is a living breathing organism and as a result you can't you know prescribe a program right all of that stuff is true but you know it it takes a pretty strong cup of coffee to sit with that um and 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 make sense out of it and what bridgespan did is they said yes to all that but there's a simple way to mm -hmm. explain that and again, what they repeatedly begin to help us understand is what is the one thing that you do, but you do it in many different ways. Mm -hmm. And to be able to answer that question, you know, to be able to say, you know, we develop leaders, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and connect them with this permanent wheel of change that we understand as these three functions um, to make cities better. It, it, like I said on the uh, whisper cast, you just begin to breathe easier because it's like, okay, we yeah. can do that. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of um, the you know I, I was uh, walked into Costco the other day, and you know, and whenever I do, of course, I always think 
my television at home is not really <laughs> awesome because they have these, you know, incredible. And I see these ones and, and you know, and there's 1,080 pixels, 1080, right? That used to be just, I mean, just all the rage. Yeah, and it, yeah. it still exceeds what I have at home. Yeah. But now they have 4K, 4,000 dots. Well, what's so interesting is if you got really, really close, um, you know, you'd see that there's 4,000 different, you know, points of reference. And but if you back up, it's just one picture. Yeah, that's and I think that, you know, that's the whole deal is that, that yeah, LF is complex. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 79 cities all over the world, different cultures, different mm-hmm. languages, different settings, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you back up, which is what Bridgespan, you know, is able to do in mm-hmm. this process and, and really take a look at it, you see this picture mm-hmm. of leadership, you know, and that, and that really the, the hard work of leadership is keeping things, you know, focused like that. That's keeping right. them simple. Yeah. yeah, keeping them clear so that people know, you know, how to move going forward. And, you know, and I, I think, again, that there's just so many places in the scripture beginning in, you know, Genesis. I mean, I, you know, the, one of the very first images we have uh, is, is the world says, the Genesis says that, you know, the earth was, you know, uh, without, you know, form and mm-hmm. void. Um, I mean, literally kind of chaotic. And it says that the whole, you know, the God spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, you know, literally hovered over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, out of that chaos, you know, came a kind of, you know, um, sort of focus, a singularity of humanity in the world. Yeah. And, and that theme, you know, from, you know, chaos to clarity, um, I think repeats itself time and time and time again from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Um, so it's it's a it's a deeply biblical theological theme that we had a chance to live out in some very just practical ways uh, mm-hmm. of looking at. So now I'll put you on the spot. Um, mm-hmm. Say eight months ago, uh, somebody says, "Oh, Dave Hillis, uh, now uh, Leadership Foundations. Interesting. Now, what is Leadership Foundations? Just give me kind of what you would have said. You know." pretend like you don't know what you know now, but you would have said. Yeah, I would have, I would have said that we are a, uh, a network of uh, local leadership foundations committed to the, you know, spiritual and social renewal of the city, you know, by developing, you know, these three functions um, and something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would have to be on a pretty long elevator <laughs> to, to get your elevator <laughs> pitch somewhere to, in New York. We have to go pretty tall. Yeah. Cause you know, because that's all true, but now you go through this whole process, right? And mm-hmm. you're just recently out of it. So I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. you got it all. You've, you know, distilled everything, but what is now, uh, what is leadership foundation? You know I mean? What's the big idea now? Yeah. And now we just simply say it is, we develop leaders who connect and drive the wheel of permanent change in their cities. Hmm. I mean, that we could do that just in one floor. We you could. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so let's take that apart a little bit. Develop mm-hmm. leaders. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is what's so great about that is, I mean, I'm, I didn't go through the process. Boy, did they miss out not talking to me. I would have, I would have just confused <laughs> them like crazy. But, but I mean, but the concept of developing leaders, to me, I, I can just see... That is, um, I mean, that's universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, a couple things. One is, is the first thing is just even the word develop, Rick. I mean, I think that there has always raged a debate. Are, are leaders made or born? 
Um, and, and, and you can actually, you know, go into that section of a bookstore or a library and there'll be leadership books and and it it's it's where the two roads diverge in the sure. wood. There, yeah. there will be a number of leaders. It's kinda like either you got it or you don't. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, be thankful if you got it and you know, tough luck if if you don't. Well, Leadership Foundation, you know, clearly sits on the side of the equation of, no, I mean, leadership um, is a virtue that needs to be cultivated, mm -hmm. um, and, and not only needs to be, but we get to cultivate it. Mm -hmm. So that's what we mean by that word, develop, um, because many of the, of the women and men in cities around the world that are doing really good work are oftentimes overlooked because they are not the color we think a leader should be, they're not the gender we think a leader should be, they're not from that side of the city that we think a leader should be, they don't have the Rolodex with all the key contacts. And so we say, but, but they, they have leadership ability, but someone's got to develop them. Someone's got to sit down and really begin to get to work on that. And the second thing, of course, is, is that we think it is leadership. It's, it's, it's many, many cities have had all kinds of money poured into it, all mm -hmm. kinds of programs, um, you know, um, they're, it's just, it, it, the list goes on and on and on about how much money has been spent. And five years later, if you go back and you measure, you know, you realize that they are actually worse off. And mm -hmm. if you ask the question, why, why or how did that happen? Um, again, the leadership foundations, our response is because you didn't deal with the leadership issue. Um, and until that gets squared away, uh, no amount of money, no amount of program, um, you know, can, can take place. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing that I would say in this develop leaders is what I would describe as a kind of leadership. Um, and, and while again, it's, it's not stated explicitly, um, we really do come at this in the Robert Greenleaf, um, sense of its servant leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, and that we are desperately lacking uh, servant leadership. So, uh, yeah, a lot there. And when we and say probably Jesus leaders, goes even before Robert, he, you know, uh, on that maybe, one. By a couple years, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, I think when you talk about the leaders being, you know, born or made, you know, it's almost like the nature-nurture, you know, yeah, discussion. Yeah, but yeah. We'll talk a minute about this idea of gift, too, because sometimes people think, well, if someone's gifted or, or an organization is gifted, well, I mean, they just got it. There you go. There's your gift. And without really thinking that, no, wait a second, like, um, if I'm a gifted musician, uh, you know, I still, I'm going to be able to really, really uh, take off when I practice. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that you don't practice, right? I mean, that, and there, isn't that kind of a misunderstanding sometimes spiritually? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, there's a lot in your question. Um, and the, the tension, you know, I think at times is, you know, well, if it's grace, I mean, if it's God, you know, benevolently bestowing, I mean, uh, then let's just receive it and be thankful for it. And, but mm -hmm. there's really not much we can do about it. Um, on the other side of the equation, right, is, is almost this notion that, that somehow I'm going to remove grace from the equation. It's, it's not anything yeah. about gift. It's all me pulling myself up by the bootstraps. And what you and I have talked about time and time again is, is wisdom would suggest um, it's both, and, and that we've got to think about this as both gift, um, but it's a gift that can be cultivated. And, and I think that's particularly true with leadership. Um, yeah. 
I think that um, my, my deep sense and belief of this is that um, God um, has given everyone the gift of leadership. Of, of, and by that I mean just simply taking responsibility for your life uh, on behalf of others. Um, so that gift is present always. Um, and then we need to get to work on, okay, how do I cultivate that in light of my personality? Um, you know, in light of my energy level, uh, in my intelligence, all those things. And that's, that's where the magic, I think, begins to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, one of the great, again, examples of that is, is Jesus and the, uh, the 12, you know, apostles. I mean, a radically, you know, diverse group of people you right. know, with, with just stunning differences. And yet Jesus is able to bring them in to do this one thing. Uh, but do it in many different ways based on on who they are. So yeah, and I think I heard you there where you know you said, well, you know, leaders can be developed, but then you start talking about responsibility. In other words, it's not just you know we can, but we have a responsibility to develop these gifts. That's right. And now I I have a a professor friend who he keeps saying this in in different slightly different context, but he he defines responsibility as the ability. To respond, mm-hmm. you know, and I kind of like that mm-hmm. definition because then there you go. All of us have the ability to respond, you know, to what God is, is uh, uh, the grace that he's bestowing on us, you know, but, yep. you know, yep. that's what you guys are about. Yeah, that's that's it. So and then, you know, it, we go on with this to say and, you know, and we connect these leaders um, and, and that that word connection is important and it's got a number of different levels. It's. You know, one, just simply connecting, you know, these individual leaders um, with this, you know, way of, of doing work in their city, which is the three functions that we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. But it's also connecting them with other leaders around the world who are doing a similar kind of thing. Um, I mean, again, one of the things that we, we recognize is that this is an absolute impossible task uh, if, if we aren't doing it as a community of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, again, Leadership Foundations connects those people. It gets, you know, the leader who's doing good work in a place like, you know, Delhi. Uh, his name is Abhishek Gear and his wife, uh, Angelica. Um, and we connect them with Teddy Torres and Joel Van Dyke in Guatemala City. And, and when that connection happens and they're both working on the same thing, mm-hmm. right, doing that one thing, but in two very different contexts, um, that that's you know that's that's the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's where things really begin to to bubble and get going, and you know things like you know best practices and different ways of doing things all get shared. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think the uh, the the idea that we're going to take uh, develop leaders and connect, then give me the. Last part again. Yeah, to the you know what we call the the wheel of permanent change. Oh yeah. Um, and and we uh, Bridgepan helped us you know better understood this. This has been something that we have been working hard at uh, for the last seven years. Um, and um, th- there's a whole lot of things that go into that. But but what we had to answer was this question: um, in a place like Maputo, um, you know, if you go there. Um, and I've been there now, you know, a few times. Um, you know, one stunning statistic is that 82% of the children in Maputo 
you know, city of, you know, a uh, million and a half, almost two million people um, are malnutrished. Hmm. Um, so, you, you know, you sit with that, you go, we, we've got to do something about that. Well, that is not the issue um, in a place like Minneapolis. Um, uh, there, the presenting issue um, is that almost half the kids um, in public schools there don't graduate. Oh, okay. So, so here's here's the here's the sort of interesting question. Um, given those two realities are so different, well, you know, you would almost then have two different ministries, right? You'd have malnourished ministry, or you'd have you know, kind of keeping kids from dropping out ministry. Well, leadership foundations, we took a back, half step back and said, is there a way to approach both of those issues as a common organization, but recognizing that on the ground we would actually, you know, have very different uh, programmatic expression. Sure. And so um, instead of kind of getting caught up in, okay, what is our product, uh, what we in effect made our product as is the process mm -hmm. and that's the the wheel of permanent change and that wheel is made up of, of three functions rick the first is that every local leadership foundation um, around the world and anybody that would want to be a leadership foundation um, commits to engaging leaders of good faith and goodwill um, that's the first uh, in this wheel of permanent change the second is developing the capacity of others that are already in that city trying to help the city get better. Mm -hmm. And then the third is creating joint initiatives. Um, so it's those three functions together um, that create the kind of synergy that we say is this permanent wheel of change that if it's done over a period of time with regular doses um, in the same city, that what you can then um, expect is that a city will actually get better. Yeah, and you can see where, you know, applying those three uh, wheels is, and I like the graphic that I hope uh, people get a chance to see, but it's, it's mm -hmm. almost looks to me like kind of the inside of a watch, you know, mm -hmm. where you get the little, each wheel is cogged to touch the other, mm -hmm. and one one moves, you know, that, that creates momentum in the others. But you can see where if you apply that to, say, for instance, the school dropouts, you know, uh, problem in mm -hmm. Minneapolis, I mean, you still have to identify leaders, people that have goodwill, good faith. Then you have to help people that are presently trying to, you know, address that, and then to collaborate on, on answers. That particular... Uh, you know, like you say, the wheel can be applied, it can roll through any uh, kind of situation, no matter yeah. how diverse. Yeah. And that's, again, what's already been deeply, deeply encouraging is that our, our network, which is very different and varied and, you know, faith, you know, from Catholic to African-American Pentecostal to high church to low church to big cities to small cities, have all been able to look at this um, wheel of permanent change and say yes to it. Mm -hmm. um, and so now uh, what we have done, and this gets into kind of some of the nuts and bolts, uh, but Bridgeband also then helped us uh, create what are called uh, the stages of impact tools, of which there are four tools. And it takes these three functions um, and literally operates as a diagnostic 
And so, you know, a local leadership foundation now will be able to take these four tools and in effect kind of drill down into their city and gain a very accurate uh, perception of how are these three functions, uh, you know, being performed mm-hmm. in their city uh, and what kind of results are they getting. And on top of that, uh, what further improvements need to be made to gain deeper mastery of these three functions. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a, it's a breathtaking moment yeah. for the Leadership Foundation. Well, it's great. And you know what's interesting about that is that really what Bridgespan, one of the things they did is they, they turned us all into little bridge spanners because you know <laughs> what I mean? Because now we can uh, really get data you know, that's accurate where we're at so that we can then understand, you know, uh, how God wants to work in that way. One of the things that I thought of is, uh, you know, I wonder how these wheels are turning in my life in terms of, Mm -hmm. because I thought about that, I think permanent change, that's what I need, you know? (laughs) And and so I think that's even, even when you, you take this organizational uh, model, which is so helpful, but I started thinking about my own life. Like, I wonder, you know, how, how, how responsible have I been for the gifts and the grace mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. In, you know, in developing that? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a good yeah. The other uh, thing that, that's really interesting about the, the tools, and I would say that your image of being little mini bridge spanners um, is absolutely right. I mean, we've become, LF has become kind of social scientists in the sense of, you know, we've, we've got our faith orientation, we've got, you know, um, our way of, of, of going about and doing work. But we have been converted um, to the idea that um, that there ought to be some demonstration Mm -hmm. of that change. Um, And I told the Bridgespan group that the former president of Harvard many years ago, um, who was no faith person, but he said something that's always stuck in my mind. He says, if something cannot be demonstrated, it is one of two things. It is either irrelevant or it's a lie. Mm. And I, Rick, would, you know, I, I want to say this carefully, um, but, you know, I think there have been um, things in my faith life, to be quite honest, that I haven't demonstrated. And th- that voice essentially says, okay, Dave, mm-hmm. then it's irrelevant or it's a lie. Mm. And so what has happened, I think, for leadership foundations is that we now have got um, the capacity and the tools to take what we always knew to be true, but we didn't always do a great job of demonstrating it. Or if we did demonstrate it, we didn't have any real ability to repeat it again, mm-hmm. right? It was like, wow, thank you, God. It, yeah, know, I'm glad that worked out. But but if someone said, "Now do a seminar on it," you'd kind of go, eh, "Well, mm-hmm. I don't know." So to be able to now say, "No, here here is actually how you do it. Here are the tools that we can put in your hand to help you demonstrate what it means uh, for the gospel to enter into a city and make it actually better." Hmm. I mean, that's a yeah, big yeah. Well, I mean. I, I'm, I'm speaking from the perspective of the local church where I, you know, have an involvement and, uh, you know, we have a lot to learn, I mean, about uh, leadership from leadership foundations. It's, it's like a really, really, um, you're kind of part of your responsibility for this gift is to, is to not leave us out of the narrative because it's really helpful. You can, I can see where um, the same thing is true at even that kind of a level, you know, and uh, part of the collaboration uh, that I look forward to is even the, 
a greater collaboration in, in the you know communities of faith because mm-hmm. I mean talk about uh, sometimes you know everybody going after it without any cohesion and uh, you know that mm-hmm. can't be you know the best idea yeah so yeah it's really really cool what you guys the the insight that um, you're operating with yep yeah yeah and I you know and the other thing that I've already said to you know a number of our partners and and others is that you know, I, I, I think the Bible, um, at the end of the day, is what I describe as anti-heroic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the, the, one of the things that differentiates the Bible, say, from myth is that the myth, you know, is always characterized by this, by this hero. And, and the, the stunning thing about the Bible, and Jesus becomes sort of the, you know, the ultimate you know, illustration of that is that he refused to be heroic. I mean, mm-hmm. so much so, right, that... You know, he pushed away what it meant to be, you know, kind of fall into the trappings of what a Messiah would be and, and the whole bit. And I've always taken that as if God is really doing God's thing, um, one of the ways you'll be able to measure it is that it's it's something that isn't, it, it isn't heroic. It can be repeated and given away to others. And it, yeah. it really comes down to just uh, do you... Do you want to do you know this mm-hmm. work of cultivating of, of and it's hard work but it's not it's not heroic work and so I think that's one of the important things for me to want to communicate to you know our listeners and others is that uh, the Bridgespan report um, just kind of helped us get sober-minded mm-hmm. um, and um, it, it it sort of helped align okay you know if I put time and energy in here um, and you know do it consistently and, and long enough then I, I should have a, a good hope that this would be the the outcome that will uh, will come about well and I think um, you know we the book uh, about leadership foundations a 50-year history of uh, seeing the city as playground not mm-hmm. battleground it's uh, such a refreshing uh, you know and and really exciting review of how to see things but now what you're starting to uh, arrive at is, you know, how to, uh, what to do then, you know, now that we see it that way, you know, now what do we do? And so this is really mm-hmm. a, you know, like uh, the ethic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, what should we do? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think that um, it's just been great. And I know that uh, when you talk about faith and, and you, know, you know, you think, well, faith is, well, it takes, you know, some degree of faith from my point of view for you uh, as a, you know, as a group, as a board, as leaders to say, we're going to do this thing with these guys because I'm, these guys are not only in demand, but, you know, uh, there, there's a value placed on, you know, uh, you know, the work they do. And, mm-hmm. and you're willing to say, you know, hey, we'll, we'll see that value in order to be better at what God called us to do. So that's, there's faith, you know. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's actually a good way to, to explain it. I mean, I, yeah, cause I, I do think that we, um, I think you know, Thomas Merton talks a lot about this idea of, uh, you know, and that we all have this shadow self, um, mm-hmm. and we're never really quite sure what to do with it, and you know, so most of the time, what we do with it is just we simply try to outrun it or you know anesthetize it, um, and he talks about how conversion is is ultimately um, confronting, you know, that that shadow self, and uh, I think. You know, coming to a kind of recognition of, of, oh, okay, you know, 
Yeah, I think that's also true at organization levels. Mm -hmm. um, I think we create these kind of shadow organizations, and it oftentimes is fueled by things like, you know, you get a grant that, you know, makes you maybe think that you're better than you actually are. You, you know, have uh, people who have been the recipient of your organization's work, and, you know, you begin to read those press clippings or, or whatever it might be, and I, I think the discipline of a, of a good organization or an individual to deal with this sh shadow self is to constantly say, okay, I'm going to keep opening up doors and windows and taking a hard look at why we do what we do, mm -hmm. the way we do it, uh, and that nothing is sacred, um, right? You don't yeah. get to draw a circle around anything. It's, it's no, it's, it's under review. And, and that's mm -hmm. what I think the Holy Spirit is doing constantly is saying, you know, let's let's take a look at this. Um, yeah. And and is there maybe a better, a sharper way to do this? Um, and no condemnation, no, you know, um, kind of ruining the past. But but I think living in this space of saying, you know, let's let's be transparent and honest and um, try to just get sharper. Yeah. And I just think from um, this is a way more practical. That was eloquently spiritual and I, <laughs> I receive it but I, I'm thinking from my point of view also just in from the practical sense because I I was uh, just I just participated in a um, a donor event for uh, you know a, a ministry and um, one of the things that I think is important is when you're looking at folks who uh, you know they have the responsibility even uh, from foundations or you know from whatever uh, source they have of trying to find out, you know, who do we fund in terms of, um, you know, you know, outcomes, mm -hmm. and and you know, and and I think that the process is far more important to uh, folks than than sometimes we have previously imagined, you know, because to to be able to to articulate this is exactly what we do and have people go, okay, well, the fact that you've even developed that, it's a confidence booster, you yep. know, for people that, you know, that have a responsibility to, to make sure they do the best with what they have. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, I think uh, way to go. Yeah. I, um, again, thank you. And, uh, you know, I, th I think a couple things. One is that, um, you know, I, I'm increasingly convinced um, in the 21st century, uh, particularly when we talk about, you know, evangelism and, you know, witnessing to the gospel. Um, and when you say something like that, I mean, 99% of the time, the interpretation is, oh, yeah. And you begin to think about Billy Graham. You think about standing on this, you know, kind of cart somewhere preaching. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm all for that. Um, but, but Cervantes said this interesting thing. He, he said, um, he uh, who lives well preaches well. And that's all the divinity I can understand. And I, I, th I think that in the 21st century, with all of the language, and you can get information at any moment, that what is going to be most um, important, um, and maybe it always has been, but, but particularly in the 21st century with regard to witness to the gospel, is demonstration of things that actually work. Mm -hmm. I mean, right, just yeah. like, okay, you know, this, this, my life is better, um, mm -hmm. you know, or my city is better. Um, and so I think Bridgespan helped us, you know, without them ever intending it to, as an organization, better be able to witness to the gospel because we now know how to do what we do um, with, you know, a more regular 
a more accountable and more measurable, mm-hmm. um, you know, way of, of moving forward. So. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, I know that uh, in manufacturing, they have a, a whole, you know, collection of certifications, but the, the idea behind all those certifications is that, you know, if I buy something from this company that, that makes something, you know, on Monday and then I come back on Thursday, um, is it going to be the same, you know, product? Mm-hmm. Is it the quality the same? And, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't count on the fact that, well, hopefully they they had, everybody was in a good mood Monday and again, a good mood, <laughs> you know, there has to be process yeah. that is consistent. And so then, you know, you, uh, you realize, okay, you know, we can source whatever we need. And I think the same thing, um, that's the gift these guys get, you know, give mm-hmm. in the nonprofit world, because a lot of times in the for-profit you know, manufacturing world, you kind of already get that. Yep. But this is really a, in, in one way, I mean, a quality uh, control and, you know, a quality mm-hmm. assessment tool as well. So, yeah. And in fact, just maybe, maybe the final point there, just because this is the practicality of it. Um, the tools um, are going to then allow us and, and every local leadership foundation every year will be required for an annual assessment hmm. where these four tools will be filled out completely. Uh, they can then roll up data for their own work in their city, but we'll also be able to roll data up um, you know, network wide. And then every three years, um, there will be an accreditation that will be administered. And it will be that three years of data um, coupled with a strategic plan. And in effect, um, a peer group will come in and look at all the data mm-hmm. and then either grant another three-year accreditation. In other words, your uh, uh, yeah, local leadership like, foundation in good standing. Um, or, you know, it's provisional. We, we've, we've got some concern and we need you to get to work on this. Or... You know, um, this this is not a good fit anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think while that might sound a little bit draconian, you know, on the front end, particularly in the nonprofit world, um, our local leadership foundation network has uh, unanimously uh, said yes to this because they want to have that sense of quality control. Sure. And uh, yeah. so it's it's very encouraging. Yeah, that's great. Well. Uh, I'm excited about uh, looking ahead. I know you're headed uh, uh, to some, uh, you know, important meetings on the other side of the world. And so I'm glad we got a chance to put this podcast together. And if anybody is commuting uh, on a 40 minute commute, we have just satisfied that entire commute with our time here. So we want to, we want to thank you for your uh, kind attention and uh, stay tuned for a future whisper cast, which will introduce our future length podcasts. And if you have any input or you have any ideas about uh, what you'd like us to uh, discuss or anybody you'd like us to get uh, on the podcast, uh, just stay in touch at leadershipfoundations.org. Great. Thanks, Rick.